Hello and welcome to Parkinson's Pathway Pals, Tuesdays with Teresa. I'm Teresa Jackson, your podcast host. Today I have two guests, Carl and Angela Robb. Carl Robb has had young onset Parkinson's disease for over 30 years, with symptoms since he was 17 years old. Carl was diagnosed at the age of 23. Now 54, he is a Parkinson's disease advocate, entrepreneur, inventor, Reiki master, and author of two books, A Soft Voice in a Noisy World, A Guide to Dealing and Healing with Parkinson's Disease, and Dealing and Healing with Parkinson's Disease and Other Health Conditions, a workbook for body, mind, and spirit with his wife and care partner, Angela Robb. He has blogged for 12 years on his website, asoftvoice.com. He is a community team member to Parkinson'sDisease.net, and he is a board member of both the Parkinson's Voice Project and Parkinson's Social Network. Angela Robb is Carl's wife of 24 years, co-editor at, at a soft, excuse me, at a softvoice.com, community team member at Parkinson'sDisease.net, and a Reiki master. Angela has advocated for caregiver issues by sharing her experiences at various regional and national Parkinson's conferences, writing for the Every Victory Counts Manual from the Davis Finney Foundation, and presenting at the World Parkinson's Congress. In 2015, Angela was honored at the White House as a champion of change in Parkinson's disease. Welcome, Carl and Angela. Thanks for having us, Teresa. Yeah, I'm excited that you've been here. There's a lot here to unpack. We'll start with you, Carl. Carl, you've had a long history with Parkinson's disease. Tell me how your young onset Parkinson's symptoms first manifested. Well, um, the first, I, I, it's, it's, it's so it's so Parkinson's is so hard to, to delineate when and when it starts. But uh, earlier, uh, I had to, as a child, I had problems with my ears. So I had problems with my eyes. Uh, um, I, I kind of wonder what, what if it goes back, if it, even if it goes back that far. Um, but but the, the, the um, when, I, when I really realized I had Parkinson's, I think it was around seventeen, where my um, I, I, had, I had a tremor in my foot, and I didn't know why. I was I was on the tennis team, I was in good shape, uh, and it's kind of uh, kind of shocked me that my my foot would tremor um, uh, mostly mostly after after I worked out. And then um, I went to see a doctor, and he, um, they, 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 they pretty much said, chill out, have a beer. Uh, uh, over time, chill out, have a beer. You're, you're, it's just a stress. You're, you're, you're fine. And you're, 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 you're triggering up Parkinson's. Um, that, 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 that was pretty much over um, about nine doctors and over six years. Uh, and not until 23 was I, as, as I saw these symptoms pop up, like, my my um my 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 tremor got a little worse. My um I had stiffness in my feet, my my knees. I I I I, I fascinated. I my my past my posture got worse. My speech got a little worse. Um, people um um, it was it was very, very gradual. The, the the symptoms popped up, and then then finally, lo and behold, my my my, my I got. An, I, I was sure that I had something a lot worse than Parkinson's, uh, but I, at the time I didn't know, I knew nothing about Parkinson's, but I thought maybe I had a brain tumor of some sort or um, something that um, I was totally unique to the, with the world because uh, um, they don't know what would, would make a diagnosis for me. And finally, I, they said, you said, you're Parkinson's. And I go, great. I, have, I, have, I, have, I finally have a name of what I've, what I've got. And I, I know I, I've, 
I can actually deal with it. Now, I, now I'm not so insecure that I'm, I'm going to, uh, I have only six months left. Uh, now, now, now I've got the future, a future, future of me. I, I know what I've got. And, uh, so rather than, uh, than be totally, sh- I, I was shocked for what probably, oh, I had Parkinson's thing. I realized, I realized I can deal with that. Uh, it, it's uh, something I can live with. It's something like, um, medication will, um, manage it and I, and I and I'll, I'll find a way to, I'll find a way to live with it uh, with with um, other techniques or some, some whatever I'll I'll find a recipe for it to, for, yeah. for my life to, to work with it yeah with, oh, I'm sorry go ahead that was just um, it was it was it was it was kind of eye-opening that um uh, to, get, to get to get the diagnosis that uh, now, now at least I know what, I know what I'm dealing with yeah, I'm sure um, having it that many years that you've learned a lot of lessons. Why don't you share with us some of the lessons that Parkinson's has taught you? How long do you have? <laughs> About 30 <laughs> minutes, Carl. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the, well, I guess the, I'll give you some of the big ones first. Uh, um, what I can think of off the top of my head. The, um, um, the, little, thing, the, maybe the little things in life aren't so, aren't so little. Um, the uh, simple pleasures are so important. Relationships mean a lot. Uh, friendships mean a lot. Uh, uh, the um, it's a uh, Parkinson's is, Parkinson's is a, a is a marathon, not a, not a sprint. That's a relief for a lot of people, you know. That a lot of people don't have education at the beginning, and they don't. You mentioned you didn't know whether you were going to be dead in six months or not, so. Um, I think that, that that to some degree for some people can be a relief that it is a marathon and that it's not, um, you know, that it's it's not a death sentence. No, it's not. Yeah. Drink, drink lots of water. Drink um, lots of water. Yeah. All right. Well, tell me what works for you to manage. Well, I, 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 can go, I, keep, uh, I, I can keep going on, but uh, let's move on. Sorry. Okay. I'm sure there are many lessons we could unpack, but tell me um, specifically what works for you to manage your symptoms with Parkinson's. What I found is everyone everyone is unique, and what 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 may work for me may not work for somebody else. But I think I think think there's something that for everybody that to find. What, what, what works for them, and what I find works, works, works for me is uh, stress management, uh, uh, nature, walking, exercise. Rocksteady boxing has been great for me. Uh, my, my my wife is my wife is extremely extremely important part of my life, and uh, I, I, she's she's my she's my she's every, she's everything to me. Um, Aww. Um, we, 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 we've been together probably 25 years this this, uh, this year and um, that's uh, she's she, uh, she, she's she's made my inspiration and um, I'm very, very fortunate um, well we're going to talk a little bit here when I get to Angela we're going to talk about your relationship and when you met but um, in thinking about right now for you and how you're managing your disease what would you like to share with the listeners on how they might approach managing their own Parkinson's? I think you have to be your, you have to be your own best advocate and, mm. um, and work closely with work closely with your with your with your neurologists and your and your physicians. Uh, uh, 
it, it, it's, it, it's um, you've got to, uh, I think, a regiment, build a regiment uh, and a team of, of people to help you, to, to work with you. Uh, I, I like, I find massage is very beneficial for me. I find, um, I found reflexology has been very good for me. Uh, I, I discovered Reiki uh, several several um, several years ago, and uh, that's made a difference in my life. Uh, I I think I think Parkinson's writing um, writing's been a great outlet for me as well. Writing I found writing to be very uh, cathartic. Uh, uh, Sharing my knowledge has been cathartic for me. And I built some wonderful connections that way as well. And, and connections are so important to, um, to maintain those connections and friendships. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've heard you use the word care partner, and we're going to talk to Angela here in just a little bit. But I also heard you use the word care team. So for anyone that might not know, um, would you mind sharing with our listeners what a care team is and how, how do they help you manage your Parkinson's? I think a care team can be anything you want, anything you want to be, uh, but it's mainly my 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 idea of a care partner. Care, sorry, care team would be uh, your physicians, your your friends, and your friends and your spouse, your um, every, uh, everyone who's everyone who has, has input. Your, your your speech pathologist, if you have a speech ther- uh, speech therapist, uh, your uh, your physicians, your. Your trainer, if you, uh, um, if you have a trainer, uh, the um, um, let's, uh, let's see. Let's, let's make sure we're going down the list. So we got neurologist, movement uh, disorder specialist, uh, any other allied health professionals, you, yes. uh, um, massage therapist, speech therapist, occupational therapist. Physical therapist, general, general, general practitioner, as any well. kind of specialty that you might yes. be, you know, if you're um, under the care of a cardiologist uh, or, or gastroenterologist, or, 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 or uh, and your, uh, your dentist is your dentist is very important. Um, uh, your your, your um, uh, uh, COVID's changed things for me a little. I I, I find it's very important to my dermatologist. I haven't seen for a while uh, because of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's, uh, I think. Maintaining your skin is very important. Uh, maintaining your hearing, maintaining your eyesight—it's—it's um, it, all—it's all connected. Yeah, it takes a village, right? It does. It really it's a care village. team so, village. As I said, Parkinson's is a full-time job. Yes, um, it is. It is. I don't think everyone realizes that. Yeah, um, I'd like to shift a little bit and talk about your book. And according to your book, A Soft Voice in a Noisy World, A Guide to Dealing and Healing with Parkinson's Disease, you focus on the importance of balancing mind, body, and spirit. And I've read your book, and I've enjoyed it very much. But for anyone that may not have read it, uh, of our listeners, can you talk a little bit about that, that balancing of mind, body, and spirit? Certainly, thank you. Uh, I found that uh, you've got to... It's it's like juggling. Uh, you're bal- you've got to balance your 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 your, your thoughts, your uh, your thoughts and your feelings, which is your, your spirit, and you've got to, and your um, and, and your your mind, uh, the uh, 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 and your and your body. Uh, they're they're all connected. Uh, if, you, if 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 you let the feeling one fall, uh, if, um, 
you get you get depressed maybe uh but your 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 body's in great shape and your and your and your uh, uh your feelings are your feelings are maybe uh, are, are fine but but you're you thinking thinking this and uh uh, um, um, let's say, um, um, any of those three things that can affect the other. Like the stress of an interview. <laughs> it can, yeah, I know it can be very stressful. Yes, indeed. You know, someone asked me just today. Sorry, I just want to say, um, my, I'm better certain, 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 um, I can be, I can be on in five minutes. I can be off in five minutes. Yeah, that's one. That's one of the thing. That's one of the thing about Parkinson's is the unpredictable, 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 unpredictable. unpredictable of Parkinson's. Is, yeah, uh, this is this is one of the one of the times when um, it can be. I can be great, or I can be um, I can be um, uh, off a little bit, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get better. I'll be better interviewer. Well, you know, that's the reality of Parkinson's, and I can help you out a little bit here. Um, you know, just this morning, someone asked me what was the secret because I am doing so well. And I said, you know, there really is no secret, but the, the truth is your mental status really drives a lot with Parkinson's. And when you think about overall wellness, you have the social aspect, our biology, and our emotional aspect. So if you want wellness, not just health, but wellness, really true wellness, you really have to take that holistic approach and, and look at all those. We look at our spiritual life. We look at our physical life. We look at our social life. We look at our emotional life. And it all fits in together. And uniquely, it's not to Parkinson's. If you want to be well, whether you have Parkinson's or not, all those things are important. It's just that people with Parkinson's, and because it's a unique disease to each person, some people have issues with their speech. Some people have issues with tremors, and it's so unique. And I've always said, and in my book, I talk about, um, it's called a snowflake, which is a beautiful word, or a boutique disease. Beautiful, you think of a, something very unique for such an ugly disease, a debilitating, can be debilitating disease. So um, certainly I think those things are important to share and be real with um, to our, our listening audience. I would like to shift real quick, if that's okay. I know that you've blogged and you talked about writing being very cathartic for you. Um, what drove you to start your blog and your website, carlrob.com? Um, the, the, I think that it started pretty much, I, I kept notebooks and notebooks, and Angela said, you've got all this great writing, why don't you do something with it? Do something with it. I thought, um, well, uh, I mean, First, you thought so, I was patronizing. And then, and then, um, um, I, I thought, well, I guess, I guess, it's, I guess, it's, I guess it's ready. Um, I guess, I guess, I can, I can hone it, hone it a little bit better, hone it a little bit, and make it, make it available to the world. So, uh, blogs were getting around the time where, um, where they were, were just starting out. Actually, few, yeah. there were a few and far, okay. few and far between. I figured, well, I'll give it a shot, and. Uh, uh, that, that's where that's where it came about, and then then, um, then we said we'll get all this material. Let, 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 let's look at a book, and uh, Angela started going through the material, and she, and she said, "This is." Uh, uh, we went for a weekend to the mountains, and uh, she was going through. The, she was helping me edit it, and she and she came back here. She had tears in her eyes. I, she, uh. she said, "This is so good." I, 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 said, yes, I, said, I think you're too close to the material. <laughs> well, well, speaking of. <laughs> 
speaking of, um, not just your book or but your web your website and your blogging specifically. Tell tell our audience what type of information if they were to go and look at your website and your blogs, what could they find there that might be beneficial to them or interesting or helpful around Parkinson's? Well, the, the consideration was we, we just re, we just redesigned it. Uh, if, if you haven't been there, um, it's, um, it, it, it's 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 we freshened it up from from the. Um, if you've been there, it, it's uh, if you've been there, it's 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 kind of everything I, I wanted. I wanted it thirty years ago when when there was when there was no internet. Uh, uh, I thought, but when the, I thought I wish I wish there were a place where they had um, uh, something spiritually uh, uh, uplifting, something. Uh, something I can learn from, something, um, tips, tips, mm-hmm. tricks, lessons, uh, something that beats some entertainment, some, uh, uh, some art. So, um, there's, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we've got some, 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 some of my photographs, uh, all, 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 all the photographs are, all the photographs on, on the, on the page are mine. Well, and Carl, the, the big thing is you didn't want people to feel alone. No. Uh, that was the thing right. because. Uh, I was so I, I I had no material when I was when I was diagnosed. There's there's very little material available for me to. Especially for young onset. For young onset yeah. Everything was tailored to people who were over sixty. Eighty five. Yeah. Well, yeah. most people think of when they think of Parkinson's, they think of a male that's about eighty five in a wheelchair, and you know there are people that are the the, the spectrum from in a wheelchair to running marathons. So it really does. Well, Carl, I thank you today for all your time and all your insight and your wisdom that you were uh, able to share with us. I would like to, at this point, move and um, move over and start talking to Angela, if that's okay. And But I just want to thank you and um, tell sure. you how grateful I am that, that not only you came today and shared this, but just that I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to have you into my life and, and cross paths with me. So it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Tracy. Same for me, and I appreciate uh, all, all you do. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right, Angela, you're up. So I know that you and Carl met after his diagnosis with Parkinson's disease. Tell me how you two met. Well, we actually met by the power of the internet, that internet that wasn't uh, around when Carl was diagnosed. Um, actually, by the time we met five years later, um, he, he ventured into a chat room where I was um, in, in, I wasn't even paying attention to the chatter in the chat room, but he sent me an instant message on America Online, for those who remember AOL, and um, chatted me up. And so we actually did meet for about two weeks. We just um, used the power of the internet, Teresa, and had a back and forth conversation. And um, I just loved his wit. I mean, even through the internet, I, he was funny. He was jovial. He asked me a lot of questions, which he still does. <laughs> but um, his personality shined through. And, and when you meet somebody that's that magnetic and uh and interesting you just want to know more about them so that's how we met and we had a blind date and you know initially I think we were just friends and then it became more and uh, I think that's the root of our our relationship is that we're really good friends and we're husband and wife and um for that I'm truly grateful and he's an inspiration to me Um, that's awesome can't see my life without him Mm. and um that that was 
I'm here. <laughs> so tell me, when he revealed that he had Parkinson's since you started dating after he had been diagnosed, which is, I would think, mostly unusual, um, how did how did that information impact you? Well, um, he revealed it to me on a phone call. I, I still remember that moment. Um, we were, I was at home, and he told me he had Parkinson's, and yeah, I, fortunately enough, I knew I, I knew the disease by name uh, because of taking a high school anatomy class, and the, and I thought what exactly you just said. I thought of that eighty-five-year-old guy. I didn't think he was in a wheelchair, but I knew he was probably a guy, and you know, and he was older. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, this is very odd. You know, if he's in his late twenties, uh, I can't imagine that somebody would be diagnosed this young. And so. You know, we continued to talk about it, and, um, you know, I told him about some of my life challenges, too, and, uh, you know, it didn't seem to impact either one of us, and we just kept chatting, and, um, you know, I, I I fell in love with the man, not the disease. I hate Parkinson's. I hate it for all my friends. I hate it for Carl, too, but, you know, you just have to work with it. You can't work, you can't, we used to say we'd fight Parkinson's, but now it's not a fight. It's really a um, negotiation, a strong negotiation, and we live our life in spite of the illness. And mm-hmm. and I really do think it's one that we both live with. Um, yeah, especially... I I agree with you on that, and I think that leads well right into the next question, and that is, you call yourself a care partner, not a caregiver. Can you explain the difference? Sure. Um, it was a phrase that I heard once a very long time ago, and I was intrigued by it. And uh, Carl and I have a partnership. Uh, we actually talked about it. It was he cares for me, and I care for him. Um, it's it's a two way street. I have I have uh, for many years I suffered with migraines, and he would help me through those challenging moments when you know I just wanted to lock myself in the room and throw the covers over my head. So uh, we really are a, a care partner, a care team. Uh, we care for one another. There's, just like you said earlier, there's some days that are great and some days that aren't, you know, there are more challenges and we work through those together and we have try our best to have open communication about those things and keep each other up to date about it. There's no hiding here. Yeah. You know, taking care of yourself is also very important. So you know, as a caregiver or a care partner, I know that sometimes they struggle for finding time for self-care. So tell me what you do to incorporate self-care into your own life. Well, I have to say with the challenges of COVID, uh, what I would have said a year ago is a lot different. Well, a year and a few weeks ago, I would have said it a little differently. Um, but um, I really do try to um, incorporate self-care in every day, even even if it's just a few minutes. Um, taking a mental health break is important to me, whether it's a walk around the neighborhood or it's exercising. Uh, I, I try to do that. Um, before COVID, I was going to the gym anywhere from three to four days a week, um, working my body and my mind. It was an opportunity to leave my phone in the car and just worry about, you know, how many burpees or how many, um, how much weight I could lift. Uh, since COVID started, it's changed a little bit. Um, I've, I've changed my strategy. I box with Carl. Um, I'm his focusmith partner. So when he's doing his three days a week rock steady workouts, I'm holding the focus mitts and I'm doing the burpees on that, you know, 
heaven forbid we, you know, the coach asked for burpees or mountain climbers, but, um, I also, you know, I take pleasure in, in making dinner, uh, just, uh, reading a good book, uh, listening to music. I just, I try to capture, if I can't get a big chunk of time for self-care, I take little nuggets of self-care. And that's what I think is so important for all care partners. You know, many, many folks say, you know, I, I just don't have time. Yeah. Well, I think if you can get up five minutes earlier, that's five minutes for yourself. Right. Uh, if you can um, go to bed five minutes later, maybe you can just take a few minutes to meditate or to to listen to an audio recording or something like that. You know, there's so many things. I think we just have to always be looking for the opportunities for self-care. Yeah, you've named a lot of really good things, uh, good tips for people going to the gym, walking, being, you know, doing rock steady, partnering with the person that you are married to or love or live with, um, reading and really kind of just taking the focus on yourself for a short period of time. Um, did I miss anything? Is there anything else that might be beneficial um, for someone to think about in self-care into their daily routine? Friends and family. Mm. Um, you said earlier, Teresa, the social aspect. I mean, it's been pretty difficult with COVID, but, you know, having good friends and family around you is really important. Um, Carl and I moderate a weekly Rock City chat via Zoom during oh, okay. COVID, and it, it, I go to those chats. Uh, it's mostly boxers who have Parkinson's, but I get just just as much out of them as they give me a lot, and I try to give them a lot, and, and that's really, that kind of support is really important. Um, also, do volunteering with the Parkinson Social Network, you know, helping them facilitate um, their programs is an outlet for me, too, because I'm always in service. I'm, I was grew up as a 4-H'er, and so service to my community is big to me, mm -hmm. whatever form it might be. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I... As I listen to you, I think all those things are really, really good uh, tips. And But I, as a health and wellness coach, I also think about people are overwhelmed. And I think with COVID, even though we may have more time, we're overwhelmed. Um, and so I think it's important when we start thinking about self-care that we don't just add something to our list. Like, I need to get a pedicure or I want to get a manicure or whatever it is that, that or I want to read a book. Sometimes we have to take something else off or ask someone else to do something temporarily, almost like a respite, um, in order to not become overwhelmed. So I think these are great tips. And um, to Carl's point earlier, you know, just kind of balancing everything. Sounds like you guys have really um, done well at that. I would like well, to pivot. Oh, I'm sorry. Say, Go ahead. I would say some days are better than others. You know, sure. honestly, the, um, sorry about the watch. Um, okay. Uh, the, um, it's a pill reminder right back there. there <laughs> talk, talk about something to take off your list, you know, yeah. something like that. A pill reminder is a great way for the caregiver to actually empower their person with Parkinson's to take some responsibility for making sure they get their the medicines meds. on yeah. time. Sure. Um, sure. yeah, I totally agree with, with that empowering, uh, friends or family to help you out. You know, yeah. maybe I would use, I used to use the analogy of going to the grocery store, you know, and having a, having somebody come over and hang out with Carl if I wanted to go to the grocery store. But um, COVID's changed that a little bit, you know, but somebody might even just make you a casserole. Yeah. Um, there might be even small things, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, you know, just getting a chance to, to take that 10-minute walk. 
I, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe a neighbor will sit in the driveway and talk to Carl and then I'll just go around the neighborhood by myself. I just need a break. I just yeah. need a breather. Yeah. So, um, I always encourage folks to have a list available. It, it could be the smallest thing. People don't need a big action item. It's not like they have to paint your house to get, you know, something right, to list. give you a break. The yeah. Smallest of things, smallest gestures, like Carl was saying, can have a huge impact. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, really good tips. I would like to, uh, pivot for a little bit. There's a couple more things I'd like to talk about, and I think we have about five five or ten more minutes left. Um, as an, I'm an Aware and Care Ambassador for the Parkinson's Foundation, and you're probably aware of that. Um, and so advocating for someone that is hospitalized is really important. Um, do you have anything that you do in particular to um, for caregivers when it comes up to advocating for your loved one with Parkinson's? Um, the biggest tip I can say is to be informed um honestly you know it's the smallest thing do you know uh, for instance do you know what medication your loved one takes do you know how often they take it do you have like a spreadsheet that's made up and ready to go or what you saying yeah why they take it mm -hmm. when they take it how they take it um we just did this with our rock steady folks um we all had a call about hospitalization and you know, even just having one person even takes pictures of their pills and puts it in the spreadsheet. So not just for the care partner, but also for the family, for the medical staff uh, at the hospital, the doctors. And um, being informed is huge. That's educating yourself on um, uh, who, who the doctors are. Maybe, right. maybe your loved one goes to their appointments by themselves. Well, you may want to be involved with some of those appointments so you know what's happening. Educating yourself about Parkinson's, but not just Parkinson's in general. Actually knowing about your loved one's Parkinson's, since, like you said, everybody, it's a snowflake uh, situation. Everybody is a little bit different. So, you know, do you really understand why your loved one has dyskinesia? Um, mm -hmm. That dyskinesia is the medication not the disease itself right. that affects the person so yeah educating yourself and also don't be afraid to speak up um when you're in those hospital situations a lot of times the medical staff doesn't know much about parkinson's they right. they they're generalists they know a lot about a lot of different conditions they may not understand why your loved one needs his pills every three hours not every 12 hours like most of the medications are so you really have to ask questions. You need to advocate for your loved one. You need to speak up. You need to probably even educate the staff because they probably don't understand Parkinson's very well or the need for um, them to have, you know, they might not even understand why their voice is so faint to even, right. you know, or if they have trouble with stuttering or anything like that. So um, educate yourself, be, uh, be informed about your loved one's condition don't be afraid to advocate for them on their behalf if they can't advocate for yourself. Um, and also talk to your loved one ahead of time about these things. Make sure that you have a team approach or team strategy uh, if you do end up having to have be in the hospital for some reason. So that's a really good segue, actually, because it's all around communication. 
And I know that it's, it's critically important to communicate when you're in the hospital with providers and uh, people that are taking care of you, but it's equally as important to make sure that your communication is good between the person with, that's living with Parkinson's and the person that's caring for that person. And I know that sometimes couples have challenges when it comes to Parkinson's, or excuse me, when it comes to communication. Tell me, how do you and Carl approach communication or even when you might have a communication challenge? Well, we're, we're pretty open and honest with each other. We really don't hide um, any, you know. I have, to come back and I have to come in on that one. Okay, you come on in on that one. Because <laughs> it's a communication yeah. thing, right? It takes two to communicate. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's open and honest communication. Um, there's a lot of probing questions from both of us. We laugh a lot. We do laugh a lot, yeah. But he also asked me, you know, we're kind of tuned into when things might be off a little bit. You know, I'll ask Carl, what's going on? What's happening? She's more serious than I am. Well, you know, <laughs> she's probably concerned. I, I can share a story with you when I was first diagnosed. Very independent, prior military family. My husband was gone, you know, to places, uh, parts of the world you don't, we don't even know exist. And... I had to be independent my entire adult life. And so when I was first diagnosed, I remember talking to him about I was going to take a trip to go see our daughter who lives six hours away. And he said, no, you can't. And I said, wait, excuse me? He said, no, you're not going to do that. And I said, what? Well, wait a minute. And it wasn't out of control. It was out of concern because we didn't know. We weren't educated about Parkinson's enough at that point. He didn't know, can you drive? Can you, you know, and I'm perfectly fine to drive. But it's that communication of talking about if you're concerned about something, you know, maybe the better approach is, can we talk about this because this concerns me or I am afraid about this. So that communication is really, really important. And once you figure that out, um, you know, things go pretty smoothly. Yes. You have to put the cards on the table. Mm -hmm. This isn't the time to hold back half the deck. Right. Um, Right. It's also about, it's also about knowing, your, your own, knowing your own limitations as well. And, True. And, and, and being okay, being okay in your own skin. And yeah. Uh, understand, yeah. understand where the other person's coming from, and when whether it's a, uh, can, what, what the concern is, and, what, and, what, and explaining explain your concern, and, and uh, that it's, it's out of love or, 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 or protection. Or, right. Yeah, it's out of concern or fear usually, not out of some form of control most of the time anyway well and also too Teresa I think it's a lot of you know you don't want to shift into role reversal you know that's really right. hard so you know there may be shifts uh, small changes you know say for instance maybe you know okay you're not getting on the ladder because you have Parkinson's <laughs> you know we don't want you on the ladder hanging something from you know the, the the window or right so you you uh, you have to balance that you know you might have to give up certain things in order to be um, to provide that security and whatnot the same thing for the care partner you know there may be things where you know you feel like you don't want to overburden the person with parkinson's but honestly you know we we have that here like i'll use an example the other night carl's in the kitchen he's off his medication isn't working well. He's trying to put the dishes away, and he can barely stand up. I'm like, hey, the dishes can either A, wait, or B, wait till your medicine turns on. I don't need you in here falling backwards into the, you know, the countertop and crashing your head into, right. you know, a concussion. Right. I'm, you know, there's plenty of time to do more work. Just 
put it aside, you know, we'll, we'll it'll wait till later. So it's, sometimes it's a negotiation, you know, it's, it's, it's realizing, you know, where you are in your medication regimen, where, you know, does it have to be done now? Can I wait a little while? Flexibility. It's all, all about flexibility. Yeah. And, and for the patient, for the person with Parkinson's, it's all about their, their diet, their sleep, their stress, their, the amount of liquid they've had, the timing of their medication. Uh, there's so many so many variables that you have to weigh, uh, and, and that's why every day is not the same for everyone with Parkinson's. No, uh, that's why that's why everyone with Parkinson's is so different. That's, um, and that's why uh, Parkinson's is such a, a unique disease for everybody. And even though Carl's 30 years into this, and I'm 25 years in being a part of his life, honestly, we're still learning stuff too. You know, you yeah. never stop learning. There's always adjustments to be made. It's like you know, tuning an instrument. You're always kind of trying to tune it to the to get the perfect pitch. You'll I probably never get exactly the perfect pitch, keep, but you always keep keep working at it. You have to stay flexible. Uh, if you have a if you have a, a plan A plan B. You, you're probably going to have a plan C and plan D. Yes. Or Z. <laughs> or Z. Yeah, we, we have all the, you know. All the plans. We're, we're always, you know, some people don't like the fact that we're not so rigid in our our windows, which freaks some people out. But honestly, we have to be very flexible in order and patient in order to accommodate stuff, like the technical issues we have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we are coming to a close. I do want to thank you again. I want to offer some final thoughts. I hear, um, you know, education is important and educating our own disease and educating um, our, our the people that take care of us or, or help take care of us. Open communication between partners um, and advocating for yourself. Um, Angela and Carl, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience today? Uh, once again, flexibility is... Is, is key. Um, don't be hard, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, um, the, uh, try try some try some. This is not medical advice. This is this is um, this, uh, this what works for you guys. Sorry, I said not medical advice, but what works for you. That is, um, uh, I find find benefit from exercise. Uh, stay, try and stay as mobile as you can. Uh, and, and um, um, test your mind. Whether it's through reading or Jeopardy or whatever keeps you motivated. To... Yeah, keep your mind active. That's a really important one, Carl. And I would say don't give up your dreams. You might have to change them or shift them or alter them in some way. Yeah. But if you want to take a trip, you know, um, I, around the world, <laughs> minus the COVID, you know, if, if you want to take that trip, don't, don't cancel it because you have Parkinson's just find some alternative ways to approach it. I don't think there's anything that is out of the limits, you know, as long as you're a team with your healthcare team and your family team and your care partner team, you know, I think anything is possible. Right. And, Doing it uh, safely. I just wish you all the best. And a well, positive attitude. It goes a long way. Yeah, I think you're right, Carl. Thank you so much today. Thank you both for being here. And thank you for listening today. I'll see you Tuesday.